Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. humans thank you so much for tuning in to today's show where i welcome dr wyatt fisher dr fisher has a master's and doctorate in clinical psychology and is the host of the dr wyatt show podcast and is in a private practice in boulder colorado and today i really enjoyed my conversation with dr wyatt where we talk about constructive feedback we talk about when it's appropriate to give it how to do it he has a really great exercise that i know you guys are going to love that you can implement and really navigate 
this area of a relationship, not just the constructive feedback, but providing positivity in the relationship is also very important. And he tells us how we can do that. So I know you guys are going to love today's show. I really enjoyed the conversation. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, for leaving us those reviews. If you're a listener to the show, if you enjoy the show, we really appreciate you going in, leaving those reviews on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you are enjoying this podcast. Enjoy the show and have a beautiful day. Hi, Dr. Wyatt. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, Chase. Yes, thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about constructive feedback. So I thought a good place for us to start would be having you tell our listeners what exactly that looks like, why we don't always enjoy receiving it, and how we can give it better. Yeah, so constructive feedback refers to anytime our feelings get hurt, anytime we feel offended, anytime we feel disrespected, you know, what do we do with those feelings? And often we don't know what to do. And so we either stuff it and then it comes out in passive aggressive behavior or we pull away and withdraw or we attack. And none of those are good options because they don't lead to good results for our relationship and our partner doesn't respond well. But this is where we're missing a tool. We're missing a skill set on what do you do with constructive feedback? And it's unfortunate because your partner is your biggest asset for personal development because they see you like no one else does. They see all your highs, your lows. They see what words come out of your mouth. They see all your behaviors. Therefore, they're in the best position to offer constructive feedback, but we don't want to hear it because we don't want to feel criticized. And then what happens is they get fed up and eventually criticize us and tell us constructive feedback, and then we're blindsided. So it's a big issue for a lot of couples. Uh, but if we could re- reframe it and approach it in a different way, it actually could become one of the biggest valuable things our partner can provide us. That's a good foundation for us to start. So I want to talk about the reframing. But before we get there, one of the things I think about is if we're in partnership, we're going to constantly, you know, be faced with challenges and our partner is going to say things that hurt us. Now, We don't want to stuff that down and not bring it up and not communicate around it. But I also think the other end of the spectrum of just always processing our feelings about something our partner did or said, in my own personal experience, is not super helpful. So can you talk a little bit about when we can maybe process something ourselves and maybe when that's appropriate? And then we'll dive into the dialogue and the constructive feedback system? Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between parts of our partner that maybe bother us or are frustrating, but they're just a part of our partner's temperament and how they're wired. And those types of topics, those traits don't necessarily hurt our feelings or prevent our needs from being met. It's just part of the idiosyncrasies of our partner that maybe we would we don't prefer. Those types of issues, I think it's important to work on accepting our partner and just accepting that that's how they are. That's how they're wired. You know, it doesn't impact me as their partner, except for maybe I get frustrated or annoyed here and there, but it really doesn't block my connection with them. That's a separate category. And those are the types of things that we don't need to bring those up 
Uh, we don't need to harp on those. We don't need to confront our partner about those because that's really just how they're wired. However, there's another category of behaviors they do that directly impact us and hurt us or offend us or block our needs from being met. Those are the types of behaviors that do need to get addressed. Um, but like you say, those types of behaviors, we don't want to stuff them. And we also don't want to continually be pecking at our partner and bringing up all those topics frequently either by blindsiding them. But yeah, so I think it is important to think of those two categories of behaviors with your partner. The one category is more of just their idiosyncrasies, their temperament, how they're wired. Those things we need to accept. Don't need to bring those up. That's just who they are. However, there's this other camp. Those are the behaviors that directly do impact us. And those things do need to be expressed at some point. So let's talk about those kinds of behaviors. What's the first step to bringing up that conversation? So I teach couples a tool called the bullseye question for this. And what the bullseye question is, is you get into a habit of more days than not. You have a rhythm around the same time every day where you take turns asking each other the following questions. What's one thing I did right today? And what's one thing I could have done better? And there's a ground rule before we unpack this. The ground rule is all you're allowed to say in response is, thank you for the feedback. Now, if you have a, a question, a clarifying question, you don't quite understand what they're saying, you can ask a clarifying question as long as it's not camouflaged for really being defensive. But as, as long as it's really a sincere question, you're, you're confused on their feedback, you can ask a clarifying question. And then again, all you can say is, thank you for the feedback. Now, once you get that feedback, this is where a lot of the work occurs because then you take their feedback and you're going to mull it over for the next 12 hours, day, two days. And you're just going to kind of sift through that feedback and you're searching for the kernel of truth. Like what's the piece of this feedback that I feel is legit? What's the part that I feel guilty of? What's the, the component of their feedback that I know in my heart of hearts I could do better on? And you're in control of that. So the person getting the feedback gets to decide what that is. And because of that, it sidesteps defensiveness because you don't have to defend. You don't have to justify. A lot of times what defensiveness is, is when we get constructive feedback, feeling like we have to swallow it. But with this approach, just saying, thank you for the feedback, then I'm in charge of what part of the feedback I'm going to discern and what I'm going to think through and where I get to decide what I'm going to work on, now there's no reason to get defensive. And sometimes I may feel like uh, that was none of that was my fault because that was just circumstantial. Other times I might think all of that was my fault. I got to really work on that. But most of the time, it's going to be somewhere in the middle where some of it was my fault, some of it wasn't. But the part that was, that's the piece I can work on. And because I'm in control of that process, I don't have to get defensive and my follow through rate's going to go way up because no one's telling me what to do or how to do it. I get to choose and decide. And then my internal motivation is going to be higher to do something about it. Can you talk a little bit about the inner dialogue that can go on when our partner has given us one thing that we could have done better. And I imagine I, I'm speaking for myself, but I imagine others like our natural inclination is 
to maybe defend ourselves or, you know, we think about it and then we go, no, I, I don't really see it that way. And obviously that's an important exercise to, to pull back and try not to be defensive and examine it. But what can we really ask ourselves to get underneath that ego, that feeling of wanting to defend ourselves or wanting to be like, well, no, this is why my partner has it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first step is having just physical space from your partner after you get the feedback. Because it is very difficult to stand there and have your partner say, well, here's here's the one thing that you could have done better. It is hard to bite our tongue and not justify why we did it or explain how we didn't mean it that way. But that's why that ground rule is so critical. So I think it's just important to remind yourself in that moment, I don't have to agree with all of this. I get to decide in my own time what part of this feedback is legit. And so just reminding yourself of that freedom is very liberating and very important. And then when you have that physical space, that's when you know the guard goes down. When you're around your partner and you get that feedback, guards will go up. But then you remind yourself, I don't have to agree with all this. I don't have to accept everything they're saying. Um, I'm going to mold this over on my own. And I get to decide what piece is legit. So that's what you say to yourself. But then it's amazing that when you take that feedback and then you go off by yourself for a while, maybe you do some other activities or you go cut the grass or you go into the gym or you go for go do an errand. And then you just kind of mull it over in the back of your mind. That's when the guard really goes down and because you're by yourself. And then that's when you can really start sifting through like, hmm, is there any part in this I could improve in? I think there is. I think it's this little part right here. Yeah, I am kind of guilty of that. And that conviction usually won't happen when you're face-to-face with your partner. It usually happens when you're off on your own, just kind of mulling it over because you have the freedom to do that. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. We touch on this concept in our episodes frequently. We're better able to show up as our best selves in relationships when our bodies and minds are in a state of harmony. PMS and perimenopause throw a wrench in that whole state of harmony thing. Many women in our community have seen their relationships and their own mental health suffer when PMS and perimenopause symptoms set in. Our sponsor, Happy Mammoth, saw that there was no effective nature-inspired solutions to these issues, so they made one. Estro Control. Relationship Advice listeners can now get 15% off your first order on happymammoth.com with our promo code I do at checkout. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health. The way Estro Control eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients help support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when estrogen isn't processed well in our liver, women may start having PMS symptoms, like spots on the skin, cravings, and feeling low all of a sudden. Estro Control was created to help women feel like themselves throughout the whole month. Estro Control is made specifically for women who are premenopausal. It's really great for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can become especially rough. 
PMS has been a constant challenge throughout my life, from feeling down to sleeplessness to just not feeling comfortable in my own skin. PMS has put me through the ringer time and time again, and I know it's not just me. I've seen my relationship suffer in those times when PMS takes over. Estro Control works to relieve many of those consuming PMS symptoms, helping us regain control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first month at happymammoth.com with the promo code I do at checkout. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H dot com and use the promo code I do for 15% off your first order. We get it. Distractions happen. That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com US. Now, let's say you've molded over and you're like, yep, uh, I see where I can improve. We can go and we can take action on that. But is there then a valuable dialogue to have with our partner? I don't recommend that, actually, um, because if you have to go back and then talk to your partner about it, then that can create some pressure that you have to own something. And what if you don't own anything in that particular moment? And so there is no requirement for looping back to your partner and telling them what piece you own and what you're going to do about it. If you own something, if you conclude like, yeah, here's a piece I can work on, then that's your choice. If you choose that and what you want to do about it, then your partner will see that difference in your behavior. Um, But yeah, there is no requirement of looping back and telling your partner what you concluded because that would create some pressure that I think could... Uh, backfire on that freedom of you get to choose what part and if anything you feel like is legit. That makes sense. So is that kind of the completion of this exercise? Is there anything we skipped over or you want to emphasize? Yeah, a couple other parts. Um, One thing is that it goes both ways. So this is not just one partner saying, hey, what's one thing I did right? What's one thing I could have done better? When they say that and then they get the feedback, then their partner is going to ask them the same question. And so that's a really nice element because it levels the playing field. A lot of times couples have one partner who tends to give more constructive feedback than the other. But this provides an opportunity for both partners to do it. So it's even and it feels fair and it feels like, hey, we're we're both going to give and receive feedback. And so that's a nice element to it so that it goes both directions. And it's amazing how seldom it is to highlight the good stuff. You know, most couples are guilty of hyper-focusing on the bad and glossing over the good. And so this is another advantage to doing this is when you get asked, what's one thing I did right today? Or when you ask that question, it forces your partner to look for the good stuff. And maybe they tend to not look for the good stuff, or maybe they have noticed it, but they haven't commented on it. So that's good for both partners because it's good for us to have to look for the good stuff. And obviously, it's good for our partner to hear the good stuff. And so that is the other element to this, because you're not just asking for the constructive feedback, but you're also asking, hey, what's one thing I did right today? And that just increases. It's like this huge infusion of positivity into the relationship, because now you're not just focusing on the growth, but also the good. 
And that creates a huge buffer and allows us to then hear the constructive feedback better because we're also getting appreciation and we're also getting affirmation. Um, and that just greases the wheels before you get that constructive feedback. I love that. And I think in the space of improving ourselves, improving our relationships, it's so important to remember that. Uh, at least for myself, it feels that way because, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about is how to argue better and resolve conflict and and kind of navigate the the more difficult conversations and relationships. And we need those tools. But a lot of that is, I don't want to say like, it's very important, but it can almost be more important or equally important to just have positivity, to focus on the good things, because that can kind of, I'm not saying put away the conflict, but it can kind of make it a way easier to navigate the conflict, you know, because if you're filling up that positivity cup or, you know, we've had it referred to as a bank account, you're, you're filling up the bank account and with the positivity, it's a lot easier to, you know, take out a little and in the form of constructive feedback, then if you're already at a low place because you don't have that positivity, it's going to feel a lot heavier, a lot harder. That's right. Yeah, it's the old adage, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yes, yes, there you go. So uh, I also had it referred to as on the show, I think a, a shit sandwich, <laughs> but <laughs> I forget the exact context. I've always heard it as a, uh, a constructive sandwich where it's like uh, the positivity is on in the bread slices and the meat of it is the, the issue that you're addressing. So you start with the positivity, address the issue, and then end with positivity. Yeah, the only difference here is that you're not giving positivity to butter up your partner before you give them the hard truth. Um, the positivity angle to this is actually very legit and very authentic. And it's it's not related to the constructive feedback you're about ready to give them. Sometimes it might be, but most of the time it's not. And so it's not like a, a strategy to like get them ready for the constructive feedback or a manipulative motive so that they can hear my constructive feedback. It's really not that at all. It's really about you actually do good things. I just don't tell you what they are. And I do good things. You probably don't tell me what they are. And so let's integrate that as a regular habit into our relationship for no other reason than it's good for both of us to highlight the good stuff. So this is a great exercise that people can apply to their relationship. What if it just comes up in real time? You know, someone says something that hurt us and we feel like we want to address it there. What would you say in that situation? Yeah, most of the time, I would say, as much as possible, don't bring it up in the moment. Because in the moment, if your need isn't getting met, or your feelings just got hurt, you're going to be flooded. And when you're flooded, you're not going to handle yourself well, you're going to say things sharper, you might escalate, you might get disrespectful. And now you're now you're having a fight. And so the nice thing with the bullseye question is if you know, like, oh, yeah, we have this rhythm every night around dinner or every night after we put the kids to bed or every morning when we have coffee, we do this bullseye thing. Therefore, when something does pop up throughout the day, you can t remind yourself in that moment, I don't have to bring it up right now because I can bring this up in our bullseye. It's going to go much better. I won't be flooded anymore. Give me time to cool off. And my partner won't be blindsided because what that's exactly what happens. Your feelings get hurt. Your need isn't met, et cetera. And then we feel like either stuff it or I'm going to tell them right now. And when you tell them in the moment, that's a blind side. 
and your partner is not going to respond well to a blind side. They're absolutely going to defend themselves. They'll probably escalate in response or shut down and stonewall. And that's not the response you want. And so you have to think through, if I have a complaint to make, it's in my best interest to do it in a way that's going to maximize my partner's response. If I blindside them and say it without them seeing it coming, I'm going to get the opposite of that. However, if I can hold off and wait until this bullseye time, then they know what we're doing. They know that's time to give and receive constructive feedback. They're not going to be caught off guard and they're going to give me some as well. And so they're going to receive it better. And if we follow that ground rule, all they're going to say in response is thank you for the feedback. So it's in our best interest if we're the one giving the complaint to remind ourselves, if I say it now, it's a blind side, I'm probably flooded. And it's in my best interest to say it during the bullseye to know it's going to optimize their response back. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. With over 2,300 hotels across the U.S. and Canada, Best Western is perfect for our annual spring hiking trip. It feels a little like... Back to the hotel. What a great day. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. Is there space in a relationship or is it healthy to provide constructive feedback that's not related to the relationship. Let's say we're observing something our partner is is doing with work. And obviously nothing's in a vacuum. It could be affecting us. It likely would be. If our partner's super stressed at work, they're really angry at their boss and they're bringing that into the relationship, we can address that on the relationship level. But what if we want to kind of offer constructive feedback of like, hey, maybe think about this as it relates to navigating this issue at work. What does that look like? Yeah. So that starts to get into another sphere when it's, you know, wanting to give our partner advice. Because that's that's more about advice giving. Um, you know, you hear your partner talking about something, they're venting, or you you see a blind spot with them doing something, you're like, hey, you should do this. Or hey, you should have you thought of this, you should try that. Um, you know, as long, and when it when it impacts you, like their behavior hurts you, impacts you, you know, some type, something about their behavior is going to come back to impact you. That's definitely the bullseye time. If it's something over and beyond that, it would more likely fall into the category of advice giving. And when it comes to advice giving, you only want to highlight, like, give advice, unsolicited advice, when it's like the stakes are really high. Like it's a massive blind spot. You know, your partner's about ready to drive into a pothole. And you're like, hey, be careful because of X, Y, and Z. Just food for thought. Like you only want to do that very sparingly. And instead, the ideal approach when your partner is venting is you just provide empathy and you only give advice if they ask. Because no one likes unsolicited feedback, unsolicited advice. And so if you're sitting there venting and sharing about your day and you're talking about this struggle and that struggle, and this stuff has nothing to do with your partner. And then all of a sudden your partner starts telling you what you should do. You know, most people don't like that because it's unsolicited and they'll start pulling away. And you can always ask your partner, are you looking for support right now? Or are you looking for me to give some solutions? You can ask, you know, during those, those talk times, your partner's venting. But by and large, a safe approach is 
provide empathy, only give advice, uh, only give advice if asked. That's an important reminder for for myself. It's something I try to work on. I think there's a I don't want to say a natural tendency. Everyone's different. I have maybe a tendency to want to problem solve, you know, and if yes. I'm if I'm with a partner and I've heard this spoken of men in general, I don't like to overgeneralize, but maybe you can comment on that. But that it's like, yeah, we don't want our partner to be suffering. We don't want them to hurt. So I might try to problem solve. And it's actually like, no, they just want to be validated. They want to be heard. And then you could ask, hey, are you looking for my input on this after you validate their feelings? But maybe sometimes there's not even really a reason to do that. So can you talk a little bit about maybe what it is that might drive someone to to want to try to solve the problem? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people are definitely just more left brain. And so they more analytical and they see, you know, problem solution is how their mind works. And so it's very easy when your partner is venting to immediately start thinking of what they need to do and how they can solve it and what could help and how they should, they should approach it different. And so your, your heart's in the right place when that's what you're thinking because you are trying to help. But unfortunately, your partner's not in that headspace. They're more in their heart space and they're just trying to get out the feelings and talk about the stress and talk about what it made them you know, feel. And so if they're in their heart space and we come at them with our head space, that's where it's a mismatch and they feel unsupported, even though we feel like we're doing a really great job being supported. So what I encourage people to do who have that problem solving bent is to change the target of what you're trying to solve. Because you can't really turn off your problem solving mindset. It's just how you're wired. But what you can change is what you're trying to solve. And so instead of thinking of, I'm trying to solve the presenting problem, instead think about, I'm trying to to resolve or solve my partner feeling alone in that problem. And the way I'm going to accomplish that is by providing empathy. And so in that way, you're still solving. You've just moved from, I'm solving the presenting problem, to now I'm trying to solve my partner feeling alone in that problem. And the way I'm going to achieve that is empathy statements such as that sucks or no wonder you feel like that or it makes sense. You feel X because of Y followed by moments of silence. And if I provide those kind of reactions, that makes my partner feel safe, supported, heard. And then I, I'm being a great listener. And then again, if they want my advice, then they'll ask me for it. I love that as someone who struggles with the, the problem solving uh slant yeah it's like you could still solve the problem but from a empathetic standpoint so that's super valuable are there any other kind of hacks like that that you might tell uh your clients when it comes to these kind of dialogues two other comments i was going to say earlier about the bullseye going back to the constructive feedback uh, the one reason it's helpful to buy into this concept of having ideally daily or at least more days than not time to ask each other, hey, what's one they did right? What's one they could have done better? One reason that's so helpful is because it allows for a daily release. Because often things do build up. You know, a partner does something on Monday that kind of hurt our feelings. And now it's Tuesday and they did something that kind of ir- you know, hurt, irritated us or our need wasn't met. And now it's Wednesday and something else happens. And before you know it, there's this like snowball effect going on inside of you. And then you're really going to either be at risk for 
attacking, blowing up, or shutting down and pulling away. But if you have this bullseye, think of it as a tire. And every day there's air getting pumped into the tire. And that's like the stress of the relationship and things your partner's doing that's hitting you wrong. But if you have this bullseye rhythm in place, it, it gives you a chance to stick the finger right on the, the valve to let some air out. And so that things don't build up. Things don't accumulate. There's no st- snowballing anymore of all the stuff under the hood that no one is speaking to. And often just getting it out, just being able to say what hurt our feelings or saying what our partner did that made us feel a certain way, just being able to articulate it without our partner getting defensive is very cathartic, very healing and something that almost no one experiences in a relationship is very rare. And that creates safety. And after time, as long as your partner is following the ground rule, you'll start feeling safe. Like it's safe for me to share what I really feel. And most partners don't feel that. Most partners feel unsafe because they don't want to start a fight. They don't want their partner to get defensive. So they just hold it in. So it's a game changer to practice that rhythm. And then the last thing I was going to say about it is when you ask what's one thing I did right and what's one thing I could have done better, you're coming from a position of power because you're asking for it. And psychologically, that's a completely different experience compared to getting that feedback unsolicited because that catches you off guard. You're not in a position of power. You're actually in a position of powerlessness. But when you ask for the feedback, automatically, you're going to receive it better because you're the one asking for it. And your partner is going to be much more gentle with how they give it because you're asking. And so that's some other angles that make the bullseye so helpful. I love it, Dr. Wyatt. I certainly look forward to applying this in my life, and I think our listeners will too. So thank you so much for sharing. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Sure. Yeah, my podcast is the best way to find me. It's the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. Um, I usually put out a podcast once a week. Um, They're usually pretty short, around 15 minutes, really practical. So that's a, a great way, the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. Um, you also can go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And my handle is marriage underscore Dr. Wyatt. Well, thank you so much. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thanks for taking the time to come on the show. No problem. Thanks, Chase. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life 
tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.